This week's podcast brought to you by Lefty Shoehorn. I pulled into the parking lot of a major chain pharmacy uh, the other day with our 11-year-old, and she said to me, I feel like every time we pull into this parking lot, there's always like a wet sock and an apple core. And though there wasn't when we walked in, I feel like those are the two items we see randomly in parking lots everywhere. So you and I are sitting here in the basement as we normally do when we're recording the podcast and we keep a lot of our games, board games, Yahtzee, that sort of thing here in the basement. And last week when I was calling my game in North Carolina, an amazing Louisville at North Carolina State game, we're staying in a hotel and in like their lobby area where they had tables and stuff, they had some board games. They had Yahtzee, they had Simon, and that you could use. So after the game, we're sitting there for a few minutes, and somebody grabs the Connect Four. And Holly mentions, what's that? I've never played this game. Come on. She'd never played Connect Four. She hadn't seen it? Maybe she'd seen it. She'd never played it. And so she was playing with another member of our crew, and like lost game after game because she'd never played it before and like eventually she started winning but it took her a while to realize like that you can have you know it's not just up and down you can have diagonal and whatever but I was just sitting there blown away that Holly who's traveled the world who's had probably more life experiences than most people had never played Connect Four. Had she pl- had she played it's 25% less uh, equivalent tic-tac-toe? I'm sure she has. I'm sure she has. But it is different when you're p- putting these little checkers in the thing. But um, I was like, and nobody could believe it. They're like, wait, what? You've never played this game? And um, She didn't say, what are these things? These are checkers. What is checkers? <laughs> she did not. But I found that to be, it, it was, it, we had just come from this incredible game where the fourth quarter, Louisville had been pretty much in control the entire game until the, like the last eight minutes and, and NC State sellout crowd, incredible student section. They go on this run, the, the arena's rocking, it's loud, it's amazing, this incredible fourth quarter comeback. And what sticks most in my memory is the fact that Holly had never played Connect Four. I couldn't tell you if that game was this past week, if it was a month ago, if it was uh, two weeks from now. And, and I, I saw most of the second half. I've lost all concept of time. Of course. Of course. I mean, you, well, you've seen many games between then and now, whether they've been on television. There's been incredible NFL playoff games we, we, happening. There's women's college basketball. There's youth basketball. We had seven youth basketball games this past weekend, including a high school game Friday night and the same high school team playing Saturday morning as a makeup COVID game. Even, and then our, our 11-year-old had two games Saturday morning. She had to leave in the fourth quarter of one of them to get to the start of the other, followed by a birthday party. And then there was a game that night, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, of our son. Was, two games on Sunday. Um, rumors of NFL playoff games being great uh, coming right. from parking lots and and uh people's smartphones. But Yeah, the, the things that delight me. Uh, on Friday, our daughter had a high school game at like 5.15. 
and then or 5:45 and then our son had a, a game that I was coaching at 7:15 but they were both miraculously in the same away town in Connecticut nowhere near our house nowhere near our house and I was like this is amazing I can go watch our entire daughter's game we'll force our son to go because then we'll go and I'll do his game and then that was Friday night and then Saturday morning I coached our 11 year old daughter went straight from there to watch our high schooler and then went straight from there to to coach our our son again and um and I got home at like four o'clock and looked at you. I said, I just want to sit down. Like it was, I, I enjoyed every single at, second of it. At one but of those, it was, it was a lot. At one of those games in a elementary a Catholic grade school gym, nowhere near our house, somebody gave me a bag of basketballs and said, these are Rebecca. She left them here last night when she was coaching um, your son's team. Now I was at our daughter's game and you weren't there. And so I, I put, it's like a hostage situation. The, the basketballs I've and the supplies. I've got to get those out of your car, by the way. I need yeah. those back. And we're constantly swapping them off in parking lots, driving them around to other places. They're they're bundled into the garage. It, it, it is a, a hostage situation. Yeah, it is. It's, um, I do, the nice thing when basketball season ends is I l- do like having the trunk of the minivan back. And I only need the trunk of the minivan when I go to the grocery store, but I'll come back out to the car with a cart full of groceries and open it. And then there's like two giant bags of basketballs. There's our little portable, not even little, big portable scoreboard clock. And something that you, uh, not yet, uh, something that's not in there yet, but I could see the envy in your eyes when we were at, uh, I think the high school game, there was a, they had a a clear, transparent, translucent, I guess it was, it was, looked like a a sheet of plexiglass, but inside a red arrow lit up. It was the nicest possession arrow, like, um, it's not even a clock, but like electronic possession arrow I've ever seen. Just like a, a, a lucite sheet that you could see through at the scorer's table. Uh, when when the arrow wasn't lit up, but when the arrow lit up, it, it, it lit from within a, a red arrow. We we should get that for the house just for like so you know if we're both trying to talk to each other like all right wait hit the button the possession arrow's on you and then like and then we flip it when it's going to be my turn to talk or one of the kids can stand over there and, and flip the possession arrow. When we it's we their should turn have talk. we should have it for the podcast so I'm not always talking over you and yeah. interrupting. Yeah, that or, would be good too. In the absence of that, we could just pay an uh, let's face it, usually an elderly official to wear a referee's uniform and put his hand in his pocket and see which pocket right uh, his possession arrow coin is or whatever right. whatever they use to right. to switch pockets with. Maybe it can be the same guy who's opening your walk-in tub door. Could be. He could my, have, my, he could my have multiple. My walk-in tub NHL penalty box uh, valet. You know, that makes me think yesterday we had a funny situation. There was a Catholic League game that night our son was playing in. And it's the start of the fourth quarter and it's our basketball. And he, and, he, and we am down the ball to him and he's looking at me like a little bit confused but while he has the basketball. Somehow it gets knocked out of bounds. And so I start to walk on the court. I'm like, what is it? And he said, I think we're, we should still be going the other way. And then my brain gets going... And and then like the other coach realizes it too, and, and and they're like, okay, turn the other way. And I just said to our son when we got in the car, I said, if that ever happens again, just take the ball and go the other way for an open layup. And he's like, well, I wasn't quite a hundred percent sure. Like you're relying on the adult referee to remember which way you're going. But then we also had the the uh, on our game on Sunday and the youth basketball game because the refs when you when when there's like these travel games, they're at a court for say four hours and do back to back to back to back games and um our daughter was playing 
And at the end of the second quarter, like the, t- the teams go back on the court and the refs are still over in their corner, like on their phones or something. And they get up and they're, t- they're trying to tell the kids, you're going this way now. And the kid's like, no, we're, we're going to this hoop. And they said, it was just halftime. <laughs> and we're in all of the adults are uh, like, um, no, it's the second quarter. But for that guy, it's his fourth game in a row. He doesn't remember if it's the second quarter, third quarter, <laughs> whatever it's going to be. In one of those games uh, this weekend, the scoreboard in the gym was so old and so many light bulbs were burnt out That's or not our working. our town, the middle but, school yes, scoreboard, yeah. That it was sometimes impossible to tell what the score was or how much time was left, only because the lights appeared to be randomly generating yeah. patterns on Our the Our daughter board. was mad. She's like, that 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 says it's 6 to 5. This one says it's 6 to 6. I said, yes, it is 6 to 6. There's just light bulbs burned out in that one. But she was more like angry that how dare you give them an extra point. I'm like, no, that's the actual score. It's just that there's uh, no light bulb. And um what do they need? I don't know what kind of light bulbs go into those scoreboards, but really, get a ladder. Get a get, get a new scoreboard. Bulbs. And no, and the, the scoreboard's fine. Just throw some new bulbs in the thing. No. I don't. I don't think. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think it's like you get up there and you unscrew the light bulbs and screw others in. Maybe you do. I don't know. I would imagine so. Why not? Well, it makes sense for us to go from basketball. From to, from how many youth basketball coaches it, does it take to screw in a hundred light bulbs? <laughs> exactly to our traveling violation, and um, when I'm flying home last week from uh, from Raleigh Durham, and on the plane, and the flight attendant is you know going through the um, health and safety protocols. <laughs> what what, are they, what do we call them when they when they're going through the safety stuff? Um, they. Th- this is the first time I've heard a flight attendant say this. Um, they said, "If the oxygen, if the oxygen mask is needed, please remember to take off your mask before putting on the oxygen mask. Like take your, off your, your COVID mask, mask before putting on the oxygen mask." So, just thought it was interesting, and we've been wearing masks for a year now when traveling, and this is the first time, at least, that I've noticed the flight attendant. Reminding people that if you got to put on the oxygen mask, just first take off your cloth mask. They're saying that because somebody, it's on some flight, the cabin depressurized, the oxygen mask came down, and people then slapped them on over their COVID masks. And wondered why they couldn't breathe. I don't know. Remove your own COVID mask before assisting others. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. So anyway, that was my traveling violation for the week. Well, speaking of masking things, um, I showed you today a post by somebody who seemed to be uh, legit who asked uh, Amazon for for their the data that they have on them mm-hmm. and they got a zillion audio files of from their alexa whom they had asked for the weather or for a recipe or something and uh because they were kept on file. And that prompted us to do what we usually do, what we frequently do, which is unplug that thing. Yeah. But uh, not knowing if un- unplugging it just means it no longer has a power source, though who knows if it has a charged right. uh, power source inside it. So you took a big plastic water jug, empty obviously, and put it over the you-know-who 
on the kitchen counter. And now we have this thing that we don't want, this eavesdropping device <laughs> on our counter with a thick plastic uh the kids like soccer water yeah, jugs water jug upside over down that on top of it and i think for, for just for just to be sure we should probably place like a large uh lowe's bucket over that or something so so instead of just instead of just putting it in the garage we have multiple cones of silence over it because i said i, I said does this thing have a power source inside that that, that it, it can keep powering it even though it's not plugged in and you said i don't know but i've worked in tv long enough to know that the microphone can't pick up anything if we do this and you stuck the water jug over it. <laughs> so we've got a well, upside down water jug on our counter. I know. And so what? Like, why do we keep that stupid thing? I mean, our daughter in the morning will say, you know, you, you know who, what's the weather in, in our town today? Or like on occasion, we'll ask it to play a song. It's for music. That's period. No, not on occasion. Frequently. Yeah. I mean, in which case, the only data it would have on us is uh, we like to play Frank Sinatra songs. Johnny Cash, a little at Cat 5 Stevens. Yeah. I don't know, but it's um, yeah, it was troubling to see that that post, and because because you can look in um, your account and see like typed up the questions that you've asked, but keeping the audio files is just creepy, creepy. But as with this podcast, it will have heard so many times in our house the phrase Raleigh Durham that it probably thinks that th- that I am Raleigh Durham, right. Or that you're Raleigh and I'm Durham. Yeah, possibly. But I like I like being Roland Raleigh Durham. The, the thought of that. It's a nice thought. By the way, has there ever been a better name? I mean, uh, Tahina Pow uh, Pow aside, than Raleigh Fingers. Raleigh Fingers. No, the certainly great not. Mustachioed uh, relief pitcher. This week I am doing a game, and uh, one of the rosters has Destiny Salary. Snuda Collins, Danetta Johnson, Lashonda Monk, Angel Baker. That's a pretty cool Angel name. Baker. I hope she that, goes that, into that. That sounds like uh, it's a beautiful name, and it sounds like uh, uh, World War II, like pilot, you know, Abel Baker Charlie, Angel oh, yeah, Baker totally. Charlie. And then also Shakira Austin. So I'm, this week I'm going down to South Carolina, and um, they were supposed to be playing UConn. Instead, they're playing Ole Miss, and so the names I just mentioned are all names on the Ole Miss roster. And yesterday, as I was building my like my game board, our daughter, our oldest daughter, was home um, a little early because of she had taken a midterm exam and got to come home early. And she's just looking at my board and she's saying these names out loud, like these are some really cool names. And uh, she's like Shakira, I'm like yeah, there's a player, Shakira Austin, oh, a famous who, uh, pop star. Of Shakira. course, yeah, I think that's why our daughter recognized the name initially. But um, yeah, we thought we were gonna get this like, you know. Number one versus number 10 or whatever UConn is, um, this huge game on Thursday. But instead, um, Ole Miss is playing at South Carolina. And the reason is um, South Carolina, the regular season SEC championship is determined by winning percentage. And if South Carolina did not make up this game against Ole Miss, they could conceivably have the exact same record as Tennessee at the end of the year, potentially after beating Tennessee but not win the conference championship or have a tie for the conference title because they would have had one less game played um, and therefore, I guess, a different winning percentage. So it was really important to them to make up this game, but um, a little bit disappointing you know, for, for some women's basketball fans who 
we're kind of looking forward to the rematch, even though UConn's banged up and, and doesn't have a full roster. It's still fun always when those two teams meet. You love your basketball, don't you? Well, I figure I should I can have a little bit of time on each podcast. No, 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 to I'm not referring to the podcast. Give like I, the update of I, the I, women's college I've basketball forgotten, landscape. I'd forgotten that we were doing the podcast. I was listening to uh, our dogs barking upstairs, and uh, then I just got lost in a in a in a referee marveling at your your I think endless bottomless love of basketball at at every level in any context. It's it's not an accusation or an insult. It's, I, I, I like watching. I, lo- I do like watching basketball. I do love women's basketball. I like coaching the kids. Um, I like watching them play. It's a beautiful game, and I, it is certainly one that I enjoy. I, I always say find someone who loves you as much as my wife loves basketball. <laughs> it's a beautiful game. And yet you were largely oblivious, uh, admirably so, as to who was playing in the NFL playoffs? They play on Sundays. Like, we were doing this a couple of game a couple of weeks ago and we pr- promoted the, um, the NFL playoffs. I don't know who's playing. Like, NFL plays on Sunday. That's, the, that's when all the women's college basketball games are played. So I am a little bit oblivious to uh, what's going on in, in uh, the NFL. Rank your, uh, I mean, let's leave people out of it because that, that will skew the, I mean, f- that will, force you to feel obliged to skew the rankings but rank your your passions but with basketball being number one presumably and, and what would what would two and three be i don't know hmm? you want me to rank my passions <laughs> i mean come on I didn't, I didn't think there was any way you were going to actually do it but your reaction you makes know, me laugh okay good huh good <laughs> <laughs> i just Wanted to put you on the spot to see if there was a two and a three. I, I certainly hope. I certainly hope that at two, some point, when, when you're doing a when you're doing an article or a column mm. or whatever, you're mm. writing something, you're going to ask one of your subjects, <laughs> "Can you please rank your passions?" I'm going to put this golf would, this, at the top this, of the list. This would be this would be this would be on a, on a special segment called "Rank Your Passions." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's totally totally fine if there aren't a two and three. I'm not saying there's not a two and three. I'm saying I just don't know what, what it is. Be. What a weird. But when when you hear let's play, when you hear two and three, you're thinking two three zone right now, aren't you? No. You're thinking who's playing the two and who's playing the three. No. You're thinking of number twenty three, Michael Jordan. No. And I'm not thinking of number twenty three, LeBron. Although what number is LeBron this year? I have no idea. Yeah. So you won't rank your passions. <laughs> I'm not going to rank my passions. I, I, yeah, that that needs some kind of an audio thing where. You know, like a giant stone tablet like slamming down. Yeah. Rank your passions, and two two football helmets collide yeah. and explode in a in a fireball. Yeah, that'd be a great segment. When and if if and when we start having guests on this podcast, that'll be a segment. All right, now we've we're on. We've moved on to rank your passions. We've we've just talked about uh, about uh, electronic espionage uh, in in your own kitchen. Yeah, but now it's time to spring on you, put you on the spot, and rank your passions. Yes, exactly. So we no longer need viewers to write in and uh, give us their BMI or their or their uh, physical uh, dimensions. Uh, dimensions. We need them to write in and, and rank their passions, one through three. Okay. Human beings can't count. We just paused the recording for a minute while I ran upstairs to see what the dogs were going crazy about, and it's a sunny 
snow melty day out there and there's a lot of people walking and jogging and walking their dogs. That's why our dogs have been going crazy. Uh, some of those people, um, God bless them, are pausing in front of our driveway to carry on along idle chit chat between themselves them. can we just as, can... as our dogs as our dogs go bananas inside barking and that barking is very audible from the street this is my public service announcement to our, our our listeners if you're walking and you hear from inside a house that you're walking by dogs just absolutely losing their mind especially if you're walking a dog yeah yeah, yeah. well yeah don't stop there to have your conversation at 7 Keep o'clock walking. on a Sunday morning? Yeah, especially if it's 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Don't stop in front of that house that you hear the bo- dogs going nuts. Keep moving. And we understand that you might then circle back and come back in front of the house again and make and the dogs are going to go nuts again. But don't stop. Don't stop. Please, just keep going. I think, I think I'm sensing your your second-ranked passion. It might be. Which is, which is not having your lovely just, neighbors and, and pedestrians passing by your house. No, it's just, like, I don't want... It's one thing that the dogs, you know, are barking and disturbing like, us. Disturbing us. I do not like when they're disturbing others. I, 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 and our dogs sometimes do. They're outside. They might start barking and they're disturbing the neighbors. I, you and I both. People don't like delivering packages when yes, they're barking we, dogs. We in both the yard. hate that. Um, and of course, people go go for your walk. You know, that's great. You're getting your exercise. If you hear a dog barking or two barking like crazy inside of the house, you're stopped in front of, because. Just keep going. Can I make a suggestion? Yes. We employ somebody to wear like a 1950s <laughs> policeman uniform with a hat and a billy club that they twirl. And they stand at the edge of our yard. And when people walk by, they say, nothing to see here. Keep it moving, folks. Nothing to see here. And Sergeant O'Malley. We'll call him Sergeant O'Malley. Can Sergeant O'Malley wear the same outfit and still twirl the club and still say, keep moving, nothing yeah. to see here, as he's opening the door to your walk-in tub? <laughs> he, he, he could. Although I, I would be insulted if he said nothing to see here as I was, as I was walking into my tub. But yes, I like how your solution to all of these things is: can we employ someone? Well, I who mean, then X, Y, and I'm not, Z. I'm not a handy person, but uh, but I like the concept of of uh, Sergeant O'Malley. And he'd have one of those hats too, right? Yeah. Okay. He could be alternatively, he could be Sergeant O'Leary as walking the beat at night. He becomes a bartender, but I like Sergeant O'Malley. Okay. Okay. Shall we go to viewer mail? Yeah, let's go to viewer mail. Big bad hook, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Hello, Restivia, writes uh, John with no H. He's our resident net and sporting goods supplier. Oh, hey, how are you? Uh, and he, uh, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to the spring. We got to do some more uh, net refurbishing. If you need any basketball nets, please let me know. He writes yeah. John. Yeah. Uh, hello, Restivia. Writes John. This email is about previous podcasts talking about left-handed people. I am a similar age as you guys, growing up in the '70s and early '80s. I am the youngest of four, three boys and one girl, with two lefties in the family. As you guys have mentioned, there were a lot of acknowledgments. There were not a lot of acknowledgments to us lefties back in the day. So my mother started a left-handed company out of the house. The company started out named Lefties Unite, then turned into Left Out. Great name. Some of the products she sold were obviously the green-handed scissors, lefty rulers, and for some unknown to me, left-handed shoehorn. A left-handed shoehorn? Hmm. Left-handed rulers? Uh, Lefty rulers. How does that differ from a righty ruler? Uh, Well, you're asking that when he just mentioned a left-handed shoehorn? 
Yeah, I don't understand the left-handed shoehorn either. Isn't a shoehorn non-binary? The, the ruler, I, I can <laughs> see there, there would be some reason for a ruler. I can't think of it right now because of my lefty-righty Maybe brain. The numbers is are like if you only had the numbers on on reversed one side, or something. Yeah, I don't know. But the lefty shoehorn strikes me as having a lefty drinking straw. Right. Uh, to this day, I'm not sure why a shoehorn, writes John. She also had pens and pencils for merch, with, uh, which was not a number two pencil, so the schools really didn't want us using them. <laughs> My mother, uh, how do you get a non-number two pencil? I don't know. Do you ever go to Staples and buy a number one or a number three pencil? And do, uh, Are there other numbers, or do, is it just a number two or numberless? I don't know. And what, uh, Maybe there was just a number one and a number two, and number one... Had some flaw. Number two I think was we've the. We had a conversation about pencil. Well, because we somebody sent us the architect. That's true. Pencil. My mother successfully petitioned the school district to mandate all classrooms have left-handed scissors and the left-handed old wooden one-piece desks in each classroom. Of course, you know with oh, the. Oh yes, with the, uh, yes. Arm. I remember dealing with that as well. Yes. Absolutely. As a kid in the 70s and 80s, it was embarrassing to be one of the only left-handed students in the classroom, but also be known as the kid of the parent who mandated the lefty's stuff. <laughs> The teachers usually put the lefty desk in the front, so that was extra frustrating. All in all, I knew my mother was trying to advocate for us left-out kids, and to this day, I am very proud of her for stepping up to support her kids and others. Best regards from one of the many completionists, John, your resident net and supporting good supplier. Sweet. Thank you, John. I mean, it's it's. I'm sure it's much better now, but there's still like a the supply like of left of gloves for lefties when you're going getting your supplies for the little league season is not quite as robust as the stuff for righties. Lefty Shoehorn sounds like a, a great old college basketball coach. Did you ever interview Lefty Shoehorn when you were at, uh, at uh, Pepperdine? Yeah. yeah, no. Yeah, you're right. Speaking of, of our suppliers, my monocle supplier, my pumpkin uh, uh, art patron, George, in Columbus, Said he was sending a um, yeah. You talked about that last pair week. of well, he we read that viewer mail last week. A pair of Chuck Schumer reading glasses that I could perch at the tip of my nose. Yes, and uh, look over them imperiously. Mm-hmm. They arrived uh, hours after we recorded that that podcast. So, and you tried them on immediately, but I haven't seen you wear them since. Of course, I haven't been home. But um, have you been? Well, I haven't. Using I have your Chuck Schumer. I haven't presided over any Senate hearings. That's um, true. But. Uh, but I will. When I'm wearing my contacts is when I wear my reading glasses. I'm wearing my regular glasses oh, right, right now. Right. Uh, but thank you. Thank you, George. And, and uh, you know, a formal handwritten uh, note of thanks is forthcoming. But I wanted to thank you now for my for my Schumers. Uh, hi, Stephen Rebecca, writes Barb uh, in Connecticut. I listened to your quandary about the walk-in tub, and ironically, there it was in today's current. I've also seen the ads and asked my hubby the same questions you had, Rebecca. Well, there, there's an ad in the, in the uh, Hartford Current for our walk-in tubs. I, I think that speaks to uh, the demos of the print newspaper reader, of which we are, too. We are, yeah. Uh, note that this woman seems to be older yet not so old as to need this tub, verified by me, a retiree. She is clothed and is leisurely enjoying a cup of possibly coffee, Steve. Interesting to, to uh, and here this woman is. She is clothed. She's in the tub enjoying a cup of coffee. Clothes. She appears to be in a swimsuit or something. Rebecca, is that how you would uh, enjoy a walk-in tub? Uh, a, not needing one because you're not not old, as that woman isn't. Uh, drinking a cup of joe while clothed in your tub. Is that how you would do it? 
And doesn't it say $1,500 off? $1,500 off. What is so it? what's the original cost? I mean, My goodness. yikes. Yeah, that's a, that's a pricey tub. Kind of curious as to what these things cost and who is really buying them, writes Barb. Well, we are too now. Enjoying the pod. have been listening for years thanks to my son-in-law, Chris, resident something or other, I believe is his title. Warmly, Barb. Thank you, Barb. Well, warmly. It'd be even warmer if you were, if you were wearing clothes in a hot <laughs> bath, as this woman in this ad for Kohler walk-in tubs is. Well, if Sergeant, what's, Sarge, what's the sergeant's name? O'Malley, O'Leary? Sergeant O'Malley. Sergeant O'Malley would truly be saying nothing to see here if you're clothed and drinking your coffee. That's true. In the walk-in tub. I mean, that, that, that is, that really is uh, uh, warm. Drinking a hot cup of coffee in a hot bath while wearing your clothes. And is she young enough to like have kids at home? Because maybe that's what it's all about. Like you're hiding in the bathroom from yeah, your true. children and, while and, you're drinking your coffee. And more than likely, I think on my first or second walk-in tub, I would I would open the door as if I were getting out of a car and all of the water would go spilling out. You probably have to open it inwards so that that's impossible. That's true. Uh, Sean with an AW writes, thanks for the honor of being the correspondent for the not always so sweet science. To try to answer Rebecca's, this is a boxing, Rebecca, oh. the sweet science. To try to answer Rebecca's question, there really isn't an ideal template for the complete fighter. Tall and lanky fighters for their division tend to have the biggest punching power due to the leverage that they can have on their punches. However, fighters with such a frame often have issues in taking a punch. Well, as best example, Thomas Hitman Hearns. Shorter, muscular fighters look the part of a big puncher, but usually are durable uh, pressure fighters that usually have less than average power as they have issues physically getting as much leverage on their punches. In other words, think of boxing and the fighter's size and skills as a large game of rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, that's a really good description. I appreciate that. Boxers beat punchers, pressure fighters beat boxers, and punchers beat pressure fighters. As in any other sport, this is a vast generalization and exceptions happen all the time, but the key is taking advantage of any physical advantages in a particular fight. Think of it in basketball terms. Uh, Rebecca, you'll understand this because mm-hmm. it's your it's your number one passion. <laughs> Second, uh, above even uh, uh, shooing along pedestrians. Uh, Maryland's six eight many long ago. Maryland's six eight Buck Williams, of course, who had a great career in the NBA with mm-hmm. the Blazers and the Nets, would push around Virginia's seven four Ralph Sampson on the block. Yet against Clemson's six ten Larry Nance, would have issues keeping up against a slightly taller, athletic big man that could hold his ground more than Sampson who had a, a center of gravity that was right. uh, higher than most people's actual height. As Holly Rowe would say he had long levers. Long levers. There, there must be 50 ways to love your levers. Something like that. Uh, boiling this down, styles make fights and your body size plays into your style. Unrelated, I would like to hear a comment from Rebecca on the passing of the late uh, Lucia Harris, who was the women's college basketball legend that had such an interesting story but has been often forgotten by modern sports fans. The Harris story would make a fine film in my Opinion. Thanks again, Sean in Maryland. Thank you, Sean. Lucia Harris won three national championships with Delta State between 1975 and 1977. She was drafted um, by the Jazz in, in the NBA draft. Um, it, She's just one of the pioneers of women's basketball. And and for a lot of people, they only know women's basketball um, since the WNBA started or only know professional players or maybe know Cheryl Miller because uh, she was such an icon um, in her years at USC. But there's this generation of player who laid the groundwork and the framework for everything that was to come. And um, Nancy Lieberman, Ann Myers-Drysdale, Lucia Harris would be one of those as well. 
um, women who played before a lot of people, uh, mainstream sports fans were paying attention. And um, we owe so much to them. You know, we still see uh, Annie Myers. Um, I, I do or hear from her a fair amount because uh, she's still um, involved with the Phoenix Mercury and the Phoenix Suns. And Nancy Lieberman, of course, is still involved Um in basketball as well, but um, there were a lot of women who played back before people were really paying attention, and uh, and all of the players now and of my generation as well uh, owe so much to those women. A June in Georgia writes, "Hi guys, I'm a snoozer and I can't explain why, but I do it every morning. Crazy, oh, I know." We wondered if there what, what, why 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 not just set your alarm for the time of your last snooze and then get get up right. then. Right. Okay, maybe she explains. Keep going. No, she already said, I can't explain why. Crazy, I know. And then there's not more? Well, there's more to the, the, to the viewer mail, but... Uh, but no more about the reason she can't no, she explain says, I it. wanted to commend your youngest for her fantastic piano work at Christmas. You weren't too bad either, Steve. I'm working on a new song, Rebecca. Great. I can't wait to hear it. Well, you've heard it. I haven't really. You've been wearing your headphones. Okay. That's, okay. Well, then you'll, you'll have to suffer through it at some point. Okay. Rebecca, I hope you were able to get home from Raleigh-Durham. Just to keep people, because we talked about this last week, um, made it to the airport. There was ice on the ground. Made it to the airport. Switched my flight instead of connecting. Took a direct flight to New York, where the weather was fine. Drove home. All was good. So yes, thank you. Made it home. Lots of changes of the flights, but no issues with the flights. Lastly, writes uh, June. Keep up the great work with the podcast. Stats. Standing in at 5'10", weighing 180. So we have like the boxing theme now. We've got the boxing weigh-in. But what did I say that they, they're going to have to start setting instead of their uh, vital statistics? I don't remember. I don't remember either. And it was at the beginning of the It was like 10 podcast. minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're both completely losing it. Thank you, June. Um, hi, Rebecca and Steve, writes uh, Denise, our resident birder. Uh Greetings from your resident birder, and please let me add my thanks to you both for all of the fun. The B and C, can we just call it the B and C now, like the uh, like the Rockford brings each week. I like that the B and C, like me the too. Rockford, although it, it, it might be mistaken for a bank. <laughs> True. You went to the bank yesterday, did you not? For a, for a, a rite of passage, you got uh, a rite of pa- Yeah, I was like, how am I at this point already? So, um, our kids all have like custodial savings accounts because when they're little and if somebody you know gave us money for them for their baptism or for their first communion or whatever we'd put that money in a bank account well now that our oldest has a job she needed her own checking account her own atm card her own stuff and so yesterday at the bank with her opening this stuff and then she's looking at me all excited does this mean i can now have a venmo account and and all that and i'm like wait a minute when did when did it happen that that like wasn't she offered the option of is, would you like to not would, be able to overdraw this account and yeah, she said she said there's another option th- so there's like four different accounts you can open all of them are are have no fees because she's a student and as long as she's a student until she's age 25 or something or 26 she can keep this no fee account so there's different levels and the first level was the only one where you couldn't overdraw your account the other ones you could overdraw and incur a $35 fee. And she said which, to me- Which I'm sure the bank would like to encourage. Right, of course. And so our, our daughter said to me, she's like, I don't want to spend money that I don't have. I would rather my 
card get declined? It, it wasn't even a concept then, that she was aware of existed right. until that. She was like, how in any it's way like, what, would you like, uh, does this make sense? To not have to overdraw your account or look at option door right. number four. Right. Would you it, like this where you can right. take out as much money as you want even though you don't have it? And then you'll have to pay even more money in a, in a penalty. And the other part that made her laugh was she's like, She's 17. She's going to she's gonna be a college. When she starts her freshman year of college, her first semester of college, she'll still be 17. She's like, Mom, I can have this account as a student up to age 25. Like, I'm going to graduate college when I'm 21. I said, yeah, well, you know, sometimes people go to med school or whatever. But um, that, that, that idea was completely foreign to her, too, that yeah. she could still be a student in eight years. Well, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 we went off on a tangent there, Denise, uh, in Connecticut. Uh, I usually she, she writes. Uh, I usually listen on Thursdays as I'm returning home from my weekly birding field trips to Litchfield County. But this past week, I had to drive to Vermont on Thursday, and I was a tad anxious, as the weather forecast was for snow, sleet, rain in the morning. Gratefully, I was diverted, amused, and delighted to have my BNC companion keeping me entertained through the snowy portion of the drive, and not even surprised that weather-related worries popped up as a discussion topic. Of course, the BNC would know that what was most on my mind. I do hope that Rebecca managed to get home safely from Raleigh without too much travail. Raleigh is is a, a bit of a of a rallying cry, if you will, on this podcast. It's 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 the touchstone of your life. As in previous years, it might have been South Bend, or but this year it seems to be Raleigh. Yeah, and I like that it's Raleigh. I like that we're East Coast a lot this year. That's a very very good thing for me and for Ryan. And since it's been a while since I last emailed, writes Denise, here's a short update on the Connecticut Bird Atlas Project. Yes, please. We are approaching the end of the four-year bird sightings reporting period. Thank goodness. Once we finish the final, I guess it's like an Olympiad every four years or an election. Yeah. Once we finish the final late winter, January to February term, the serious data analysis begins and we bird wa- and we bird watchers can go back to watching birds wherever we want to instead of traipsing around to the far-flung edges of the state to survey birds and little bits of atlas blocks not covered by anyone else. So now begins the serious data analysis, or as the birders like to call it, dodo analysis. Dodo analysis? I feel like that's what I'm doing when, um, when I'm watching youth basketball and the officials. I'm kidding. True, true, uh, I'm no, kidding. We've had some no. very, very good youth basketball officials. Well, maybe one or two. <laughs> there are some we like. Many thanks. We like them all. We're grateful to all of them for officiating. That Many thanks true. for the continuing delights of the podcast and our growing cyber family of viewers. Denise, your resident birder. Thank you, Denise. And thank you for the um, the Bird Atlas update. We'll, we'll look forward to another uh, dispatch in, in four years, right? Yes. B and C writes, Rich, congrats on the upcoming bicentennial episode. That's right. Our next is our next Episode is 200. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, this is 199. Okay. Well, we should probably address that before we wrap up viewer mail. Your podcast is my go-to listen on the on the rower each week, and it makes those sessions go by much quicker. So thanks for that. A couple of notes from last week's pod. I'm always interested in hearing about people's handedness and was pleased to find out that Rebecca shares my ambidextrous way of life by eating and writing left-handed but playing sports right-handed. She'll be pleased to know that we're joined in that club by Larry Bird, Bill Walton, and LeBron James, just to name a few. Similar to your hockey shot, Steve, my lefty baseball swing always felt more natural. As the youngest of three brothers, though, my theory is that I just copied them by playing sports right-handed. The letter from DGS about the coffee mug with the kids' pictures on it prompted a memory. First of all, 
it does make a great gift, so I would encourage you to do that for Rebecca. But hopefully, your kids will cooperate better than our older son did many years ago. He was mortified to have people watching him pose at the kiosk when I took them to the mall to get the mug done for their Mother's Day gift. See, I, I would have thought you would have provided them with a photo, and they would have applied that to the mug. But no, they had a special I coffee mug you photo now, session. But yeah, then, I'm sure. Uh, a, a coffee mug photo session? Please see the attached picture as evidence of failed smile. We laughed about it as the years went by, and I even had the idea for them to recreate it. <laughs> you would... I mean, this would make your morning coffee so much better if you if you got to look at one of your smiling children and the other uh, <laughs> grimacing with the uh, hostage smile. Yeah. Uh, oh, that is that is That's fantastic. Adorable, that is really Two is great. adorable yeah. kids. It really is great. Later on, oops, let me mute that. Later on with the, uh, how do I mute this? Okay, later on with the same smiles. It's, uh, they recreated that photo. It's a little hard to see that one, but I've attached that one as well. Keep up the great work. Here they are as as uh, teenagers, young men, recreating their smiles yeah. uh, for their for, for another coffee mug. Uh, I love that. Um, oh, Rebecca, we have viewer mail from uh, from our resident child listener slash kid reporter Julianne. Oh yay! Julianne Is writes. Is it an audio file? Uh, no, it's a it's a regular a viewer mail. Okay. She, she's reporting. She's print. She's print audio. Journalism. She's multimedia. Got it. Uh, dear Mr. and Mrs. Russian, how are you? How is your family? Well, we're doing well. Our family seems to be doing fine. Thank, Thank you. you for asking, Julian. How is yours? I'm looking forward to the bicentennial extravaganza for the Ball and Chain podcast. We better it's start thinking about that. It's now an extravaganza. Extravaganza. I like that word. You should ask Mr. Gallagher to do some sort of trumpet fanfare for the beginning of the episode. I like that. I mean, she's producing. She's reporting. She's doing it all. She's doing it all. Watch your watch your step, Mr. Gallagher. Oh, yeah. Also, I'm not sure if you saw, but I sent an email along with the audio of my first kid report. I was so happy to hear my report being played on the air. I can't wait to get my next assignment. I also would, there was a, an email attached. Did, I, did we not read that? Did I, I will go back and, and, and look at that. And perhaps uh, we will revisit on the bicentennial if I remember. I also would like to include a few statistics slash dimensions in list form. One, the average age of my basketball team is 11 years old. <laughs> Because we mentioned that Providence, I think it's like 23 or 24, yes. right? Two, my height is 4 foot 11 inches, but I'm rounding up to 5 feet. It's smart, as girl. You that's should. what you do. There you go. There's your height, and then there's your roster height. Plus, that's 5 plus. feet is your roster height. If you're playing in shoes, that always adds an inch. So right. add an inch to whatever whatever you end up with. Three, my wingspan is 60 inches or 5 feet. Thank you for adding the 5 feet because that saved you saved and I from having to do the same the, thing. With our left-handed ruler. And lastly, my shoe size is a women's. Rebecca, I'm going to let you guess the shoe size. She's five feet. So I'm going to go with a women's seven. You nailed it. Is it? Did it I? It is women's seven. Yes. Here we go. You're so, she signs off. You're so close to five feet, kid reporter Julianne. Uh, what a delightful uh, report from Julianne. Uh, thank you for that. And um, would you have been able to come even close to the shoe size? See, no. I, I do the shoe shopping, clothes shopping. I, I, honest to God, I don't even know if women's sizes would be a higher number or a lower number than men's sizes. They're a like a woman's lower, correct? Higher. Higher. So, like a men's seven is a woman's eight and a half. Okay. And and, and would you use a, a a woman's shoehorn for that or? <laughs> Could you use either? 
Yes, a woman's lefty shoehorn. A woman's lefty shoehorn. Dear Stephen, Rebecca writes Stephen with a PH. Steve. His email address is Stephen with a PH, but he goes by Steve. He's our Northern Suburbs correspondent. Right. Dear Stephen, Rebecca, greetings once again from the frozen tundra that is currently the Twin Cities, where as I write this, the temperature is minus four degrees. It was a brisk, brisk past week there. And we have had several inches of snow in the past few days. We soldier on, however, and it brought to mind Rebecca's discussion of her upcoming trip last week to Raleigh-Durham. There it is again. There he is again. After college, my brother moved to the Winston-Salem area, another great name. Mm-hmm. Raleigh-Durham and Winston-Salem, mm-hmm. two detectives fighting crime together. Mm. Raleigh-Durham is by the book. Winston-Salem is sort of goes, goes rogue. More like Rockford. Yeah, exactly. Uh, lived in the Winston-Salem area for several years, and we used to marvel at how poorly they manage any inclement weather there. An inch of snow paralyzes the entire area, whereas here it takes an epic blizzard to do the same. Nonetheless, I hope Rebecca was able to get back on Friday without too much difficulty for your children's basketball games. Having been a BNC correspondent for some time now and working on becoming a completionist, I thought of a few things that I do now that I didn't do before becoming a listener. I submit the following in properly enumerated list form as examples. I want to hear it. I hope we've changed some lives for the better. You know what I think he's doing? I haven't read the list yet, but know what I think he's doing? What? Ranking his passions. Perhaps he is. One, when when taking eggs out of the container, I now remove equal numbers from each end in order to keep the container balanced. Yes! I, I think our work is done here, Rebecca. We can shut done. it down at 199. Maybe done. Two, whenever I need to measure an ingredient for a recipe, oh, I don't like their, this, where this is going, I chuckle as you use whatever measuring cup is nearest, regardless of whether it's a dry measure or a liquid measure. Yes. A chuckle is there. Another victory for me, though. No. Because he acknowledges that it doesn't really matter. A caveat, in last week's letter, I didn't mean to imply the use of inappropriate measuring cups in any prurient manner. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. Inappropriate yes. cups. Right. Also a great player at, at uh, Louisville in the 80s. Right. Uh, three, as someone who drives a lot for work, I find myself watching the odometer for palindromic numbers and calculating how many miles until the next set arrives, then hoping I don't miss it. I mean, how, how great is that? Wonderful. Four, finally, and perhaps most importantly, as we approach nearly two years of COVID-19, the pandemic, I find myself eagerly awaiting my Friday afternoon drive when I unwind and catch the week's B&C podcast. It never ceases to bring several laugh-out-loud moments, usually several been-there-done-that moments, and most of all, a decent measure of comfort knowing that the Russian Lobo family and all of the many new and old correspondents like me are all, all out there doing our best to find humor in the game of life and its quotidian, quotidian ups and downs. Great word for... For these things and many others, I thank you and the listeners. Reporting live or perhaps on Memorex, I remain Steve, your Northern Suburbs correspondent. Thank you, Steve, for that great email. A wonderful email. I'm slightly disappointed that one of the bullet points wasn't that he... They, weren't, they were enumerated as he's... But they I'm weren't sorry, bullet points. The one of the enumerated points wasn't that he now cuts the crust off before he makes the sandwich. I was hoping he'd be in my oh, corner I mean, for he, that. We, we, we would, he, he hasn't lost his mind yet listening <laughs> to the podcast and uh finally our double obgyn let's hear it dgs the notorious dgs dr gary siegel dear rebecca and steve for a change the sun is still up on a monday afternoon as i type this note but it has long set while i am proofreading it Foolishly, I've missed exciting sports on TV due to work, other things, etc., but I regret not having watched an iota of what many have called the best NFL Sunday ever yesterday. Oh, well, I can at least take solace in having seen Holly's Instagram video from Cameron Indoor Stadium, 
where the Cameron crazies remain crazy. It is clear that those students, realizing how much an education at Duke costs, have gone crazy for not having been accepted to the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill, just a few miles away. Hopefully, pitchers and catchers will report in around two weeks, but who knows? My list is short, and since you made it clear in podcast 198 that you prefer a numbered list over a bulleted list, I'll gladly use numbers and avoid the word bullet in future and avoid the word bullet in future correspondence. Well, what if what if we're discussing our, our, our favorite Steve McQueen movies, Rebecca? What will he use? I don't know. You don't know. One, writes Dr. Siegel, I have checked my swag, a refrigerator magnet, and a coaster received long ago, and I will plead this Fifth Amendment regarding the color of the plus sign on them. I think we know that we he has the, that, uh, Dr. Siegel. the scarlet plus sign he's wearing. Two, I hope that Steve enjoys his Chuck Schumer reading glasses that George, an exemplary viewer, has sent. It was just yesterday that I used a generic pair of reading glasses from the kitchen drawer in order to see so that I could repair a broken exhaust vent duct, duct that was rattling with small gusts of wind and keeping Mrs. DGS up a bit at night. It's the kind of thing that I do for you frequently, Rebecca. Yes. Little little repairs around the house to make life just just to just to just sand off the rougher better. edges of life for you. Right, right, all right. You're cutting yeah. the crusts off for me. I'm cutting the crusts off in a metaphorical sense. Exactly. Three, Steve. I hope that you're enjoying or have enjoyed Dreyer's English, an utterly correct guide to grammar and style. In fact, I just finished it last week, Doctor Siegel, and I did enjoy it tremendously. As uh, Dr. Siegel did a while back, while I still double space after a sentence, much to the to the dislike of the author. He does not like double spacing after a period, and, and, and I have to say that I don't really enjoy it either. I did that in high school typing class. I was taught to do that in high school typing class, but now I just uh, use one space after a period. Mm. It seems uh, it, it, it looks just better. seems like enough. It does seem like enough. Um, I, I uh, nevertheless follow him on Twitter as he is quite a character. I clearly recall that, as, that a discussion on a very early podcast regarding Lynn Truss's book, Eats, Shoots, and Leaves, the Zero Tolerance Approach to Punctuation, led me to read and enjoy that book, and somehow I then advanced the Dreyer's English. Benjamin Dreyer, the author of that book, is the copy editor at Random House, and it's just about uh, grammar, punctuation, but in a funny, uh, readable way. As for Eats, Shoots, and Leaves, another book that I enjoyed on the same uh, front, I lent that to your mother, I think, and uh, it was never returned, and I believe it's still on your dad's bookshelf. I'll have to uh, repossess it the next time I'm over there. Yeah, he won't mind. He won't notice. True. Four, Hence, last... he won't mind. Right. That's the only reason he won't mind. Four, lastly, it must be clear that the clever folks at Getty Images are also completionists. Please see the two attached Instagram screenshots that show a curiosity shot from the 16th century that inspired Dickens and a more contemporary screenshot of Telly Savalas as Kojak, which I enjoyed during its initial run, and... Indeed, here is, is uh, a, a great shot of, of Telly Savalas from uh, Getty Images. Uh, they must I should follow their Instagram and and uh, the old Curiosity Shop um, in Holborn in London in nineteen in fifteen six built in fifteen sixty seven. Topics that have come up on our show, Rebecca, in in. Uh, uh, Probably inordinate. If somebody did one of those thought bubbles, word bubbles, you know, they do those those cloud burst things where the words that are used most often right. come up larger. Yeah. What would what would you think would be the? I mean, one of those word clouds. I don't know. From two hundred episodes like, of Ball and Chain. I would love a word cloud of all of the towns or phrases or whatever that we've or, said or in the brought past. Or Brockubies. And then you would have no, no, but we've towns or phrases yeah. and stuff. And then have you? And then. 
followed by you saying, that sounds like the name of a coach in wherever. That sounds like the name of a band. That sounds like the name of a song. Like anything, any any word combination that then inspired you to say that that's what I would like the list to do be. Do I say that frequently? I'm not it's I'm not saying that in, in any way other than with admiration cuz that, that that's some of my favorite content of yours. <laughs> PS adds Dr. Siegel addendum to my note Rebecca you have a keen eye for timeless style. Yes, my now adult children were dressed nicely around 30 years ago by Mrs. DGS for their pictures on my coffee mug. My daughter always had a spring Easter dress although we don't celebrate Easter. <laughs> You can still have the dress. <laughs> Absolutely. So timeless style he attributes to uh, Mrs. DGS, and, and I think we probably could have assumed that. It yes. wasn't uh, DGS himself who was the sartorial uh, uh, mastermind in that household. Right. Well, um, real quickly, it's it has come to our attention that Podcast 200 will be our next podcast. It we will. should probably prepare something f- special for that. We might, and it might take a couple of weeks to prepare it. That plus, I've got a lot of work and travel next week. So you'll be on the west, going to the west coast next week. Yes. So at some point, the west coast of the United States. In the next two weeks, we will unveil our 200th episode, well, and hopefully y- it's special. Y- you say that. You say that as if we genuinely have some plans. We don't. We don't, we, have, we don't any have anything plans. in the tank. But we got two weeks to plan. Let's think of something or someone that we could that we could uh, bring on and uh, and delight and confuse our our listeners with. Sounds perfect. Okay, but until then, and, and this is putting pressure on our, on our oh, I assume when you're going to the West Coast, you're going to Los Angeles, right? Correct. You're going, to be, you're going to be spending a lot of time with Denny Gallagher out there, I assume. Of course. You can't go into Los Angeles and not, and, and not let him know you're in town. I mean, if UCLA is allowing fans again, maybe I can get Denny Gallagher to a basketball game. Because you, 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 I know when, you, when you're in town for work, you like, to, you like to visit museums, you like to visit old friends, go out for long lunches, that sort of thing. Mm, right. Yeah, I have lots and lots of time. You, you don't even do that here when you're not working. True, because that is that is in the also receiving votes category of your passion rankings, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Others, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, where were we for for producer Denny Gallagher, for our kid correspondent Julianne, for DGS and all the others who make this podcast and what of it course, is. Tom Dick and Harry, please play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in this cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, well, we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.